Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. You're making space to be able to let God speak to me so that I can speak to somebody else and minister to them, and how when you do that, it really flows. So often we don't give God time for that. And the whole series we're busy with, our ability in the Spirit, is really focused in on that. Where we're able to hear from God for ourselves, for, you know, make wise decisions and all of that, which is awesome. Amen? We want that. But it's also for us to be able to be a blessing and encourage people with a word in season, etc. And so uh, this past week, even this morning, you know, uh, uh, it was a smaller group. And uh, it was a lot more intimate, but I just went for it. <laughs> and fortunately, I didn't know most of the people in the room. So it was easy just to kind of say, you know, encourage with specific words and see how it was hitting the nail on the head. And it wasn't kind of like the Lord says, I love you. You know, it was more specific stuff than that. Uh, uh, and uh, it was really encouraging for me. So anyone else got some testimony from the week? Come, Ben. And then? Anna. I had a situation this week, um, not like the most godly setting, I was at a bar with some people I don't know. Um, Deliverance later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pray for me, y'all. Um, but yeah, we're, we're having drinks after like a, a thing that was happening. Um, and this, I've been asking people, you know, how was your week? That was kind of the, the average question. And everyone was saying how busy it was. I think everyone mm-hmm. who I came into contact, oh, so busy, so tough. And this one guy started unpacking about why his week was so busy and kind of felt a prompting in my heart to just share the light of God and kind of just said to me, you know, for all of these things that you said to me now, like, God's got provision for that. You can start mm. resting in that. And he just looked at me and he kind of like, well done. <laughs> and then he was like, no, I am a believer, but like really haven't been on the right path for quite some time. And I really need to hear that. And we spent like an hour speaking about, I suppose, grace and the grace that God has for his situations. To the point that the person sitting next to us, who was um, Muslim raised and agnostic currently, started asking questions and going like, I want to know more. I don't know what happened there, it didn't like lead to a grand conversion, but um, the point being, I want to encourage you that people's hearts are like on a DNA level mm. designed to res- respond to the word. Mm. So when you bring word, regardless of how good it is or how powerful you might feel it is, as long mm. as it's Jesus orientated, they're going to respond. Whether they respond in this incredible, like, oh, I'm so glad that you brought this up. Whether they take it home and dwell on it for the next couple of weeks and it just, like, grows on them like a cancer, that's going to happen. It's the same way you were saved by God's word. They're Mm. designed for that. So you're just taking that as enough. So don't worry about your word being good or your word not being good enough. The harvest is ready. Good. That's awesome. Encouraging. Come, Anna. Is there anybody else after Anna? Come, Amber. Um, yeah, same, kind of the same thing. I wasn't <laughs> out with friends, though. <laughs> I went to the shops. Um, yeah, with my enemies. <laughs> and I ministered to them. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I went out to the shops and um, someone asked for food. And uh, I guess it's a habit, I guess. I went like, oh, I'm sorry. And I walked in and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that was a bad idea. Um, so I had time to like pray and I'm like, God, you need to speak because I don't know what to tell him. <laughs> um, obviously the gospel, but yeah, and then I just got him something to eat. Um, 
And when I went out, I was able to share with him, but I asked him um, if, like, he's heard about Jesus, and he was like, yes, and I'm like, has anyone, like, told you about him? And he was like, no, not really. And I was shocked by that because we're used to, like, in our country, think that everyone has heard about Jesus, and they've heard the gospel, they just chose not to accept it. Um, so that was quite a shock. <laughs> but yeah, then I was able to you know, just minister the goodness of God, and I asked him if he would be willing to receive Christ, but he said it's still a decision he needs to make. Um, so I just said, I pray that um, God will really minister to your heart, because now he knows what Jesus is about. But yeah, just to, I, again, um, not be like sure that everyone in our country has heard the gospel just because everyone claims to be Christian. Like there are some people who actually have not heard what Jesus is about. So yeah. That's good. Amber. Then you can come up if you like. <laughs> um, I just want to share that I've been having the hit list on my phone and there's five names on there obviously. And I have three answered prayers for those names. Wow, reading, that's awesome. So praise Jesus. I still have to. So that means that three of the five have received Christ. Not yet. What do you mean? Uh, answered prayers in the sense of how I can present it to them. Ah, so opportunities. So opportunities. Okay, great. Yes, so I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to presenting it to them. And, that's awesome. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. And then I just got the opportunity to pray for a friend. Um, like I've been... Like waiting for a moment to minister to her. Um, that's like my friendship with her, just waiting on that moment. So mm. I'm just praying for that relationship to grow more. That's so awesome. Praise Jesus. Come, come. That's great. Um, we've got so much to give, and um, I was rushing into a shop and rushing out in the town I live. And I was just thinking, it's so amazing because I speak English in an Afrikaans community, and people receive. So it doesn't matter whether we're English or Afrikaans, people will receive whatever language we're speaking in. They will understand English and Afrikaans, generally. Anyway, so I said to this young girl, how are you? She said she's tired. So I said, she said she's off this weekend. And I started sharing Jesus with her. And she says, does God love me even though I'm Muslim? I said, yes. And I got to minister to her in that short space of time because it was a queue. So I'm going, thank you, Father. Seeds are planted. Someone will come and water and it will be reaped. So, mm. yes, never, never um, underestimate the seeds that you sow. That's awesome. Thank you. Just want to come. Yes, something that I would like to share with you is something really interesting happened last week. I'm teaching online and I teach um, Chinese students. They're all from Shanghai. And last week, and the way it works is that you have lessons given to you and then you can preview it. So you preview it beforehand and then you can prepare for the lesson. And on Thursday I opened up the, the class and there was something else on the screen. And I thought, this is strange. I don't know what this is, but it was very small. So I kept enlarging it until it was 200% enlarged. And then I looked and I said, oh my gosh, it's the book of Mark. <laughs> I thought, this is so strange. So then the child appeared and I said, are you sure this is what you want to do? And he said, yes. So I said, okay. <laughs> so I stopped and I, this is, and I said, Holy Spirit, please help me, help me to teach this, this lesson on sure. Mark, Mark 6. And, <laughs> um, but it was so amazing, this, um, 
this child knows all, all the Bible stories and mm. it was so incredible. But what was amazing too was that his mother and father were sitting in the lesson too. But they obviously didn't want me to know they were there. But every time I asked him a question, he looked at them for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew they were wow. there. And I thought, well, now the parents are, are joining in the lesson. And I said, Holy Spirit, just please help me, you know, because I haven't prepared for this. And, and then the next lesson, which was on Saturday, yesterday, when I opened up the class, it was the other work that I was supposed to do. And then the mother came in and she said, can you please teach Mark 7? So I said, okay. <laughs> so I thought I haven't prepared anything either. And, um, but I mean, she can't speak English. I mean, she can, but she didn't communicate with me. Mm. She typed it in and then you click on it and then you get the translation. So I just replied and said, yes, that's fine with me. And it was so interesting as I was, as we were going through um, chapter 7, you know, it says where Jesus sent out the twelve. So I said, who, who are the twelve? And he said, the disciples. And then I was saying to him, as Jesus told his disciples to go out and to, mm. to minister to people, that's how Jesus wants us to, to speak to people. He wants us to be our disciples, mm. his disciples. And just as um, you, you need to go out and tell people about Jesus, and then as I, as I was speaking to him, I thought, isn't this amazing that this little family might change the whole of China? <laughs> and and I was just so awesome and just being able to share with him. And, and the Holy Spirit gave me all the words to say, and I just thought it was so amazing. So I'm looking so forward to tomorrow's lesson, because we're probably going to do Mark 8 tomorrow. <laughs> but this time I'll prepare now, because I've realized that this is what's going to happen. That's but awesome. But isn't that amazing? Mm. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Oh, that's great. And Father, we just thank you for that opportunity and that uh, as um, the word is shared in that lesson online, that it's really going to be life impacting. It's going to be transformational for them, that that family is going to be impacted by the truth and they're going to run with it in their nation, Father. Um, where somehow there's a window of opportunity for them to receive the truth so that they can run. We thank you that it's a fire being lit there that can really spread in that area, which is largely uh, closed to the gospel. And so we just thank you, Father, for the opportunity, and we thank you for increased opportunities like that. In Jesus' name, amen. And so that kind of illustrates a great point that, you know, the whole point of salvation is that we receive the Spirit uh, for a purpose. Okay, Christianity is having the Spirit of God in us. We're now Christians. Uh, uh, we, we're one with Him, but there's a purpose to that. It's not just waiting for Jesus to come, or waiting for us to die, or whatever. It's kind of like there's a significance to us now having His Spirit in us, and it's, we, we're going to look at that a bit. Okay, and one of the things that blesses me the most, I was thinking about it um, uh, uh, while I was traveling this weekend, is just the, the fact that yeah, I, I, there was a gentleman, uh, we, were, we were standing next to each other waiting for our luggage uh, this afternoon, and he, um, he had some um, symbols, uh, emblem or something on, I think it was mask, and I was trying to look at it, and I couldn't read it really, but it was uh, something to do with council of churches or something, and I was just thinking, you know, I hate religion <laughs> so much. You know, because it's now like, a, that would put off so many people. It's not bad, but it's like, for me, I was just like, um, uh, I'd rather connect with people 
and, and, and there's no kind of like preconce because he was dressed like he was from a council of sorts. So it's like, you know, it's like there's so much more life in Christianity than in religion. And that's what we're called to represent, is that it's not about a, a, a moralistic organization and lifestyle. It's about a new life. You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. So it, it's talking about like a newness that you don't have to try it. You just believe and then you, got, you get to live out that newness. Okay, so the Christian life is about union with Him. That Spirit of God now dwelling in you for a purpose. So let's start off in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We, we're going to look at one of the... We, we're busy looking at the ability in the Spirit that we have because we've got God's Spirit living in us. And we, we're just going to look at salvation a bit and then just one of the amazing benefits, uh, uh, so to speak, of salvation. Okay, so Romans 3.23, if you've been a Christian for a while, you probably know this verse. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm just opening up my Bible and not just my notes because I want to read the next verse there, which isn't in on there. Uh, just give me a second here. So all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then it says being justified freely by His grace. Okay, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Think about that for a moment. What do you, how do you understand that verse? Because often how we understand that verse is that we uh, fell from something. There was a standard and we fell from it. We, we, we came short. But think of it in terms of accounting. You lack something. That's what it's trying to communicate. It's not trying to communicate that you tried and you didn't make it. It's trying to communicate that you, 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 you don't have something. Okay? The, the invitation for, for Adam and Eve was to eat from the tree of life, not from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And they didn't eat from the tree of life, and they fell short of the glory of God. Because the tree of life would have given them the glory. And so here, we've got all have sinned and come short of the glory. Lack the glory. And then the next verse goes on and it says, um, being justified, justified, justified freely by His grace. So it's like now, uh, we, we can be justified freely, even though we, we, we've come short of something. And now what happens when you are justified freely by His grace? You no longer fall short. You no longer lack something. See, because we often think of Christianity as, now I've got a set of rules, now I've got a lifestyle that I'm living, uh, uh, got to adhere to, and so now I've got this, this journey uh, uh, of following God or whatever. Whereas it's actually just a case of you lacked something, you believed the message, and then Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, you received the Spirit of God now dwelling in you. And that's for eternity. Now you've got eternal life living in you. So you no longer fall short of His glory. Because you've got the glory of God, the Spirit of God, now dwelling in you. Ezekiel 36, 25-27 says, uh, then, I will then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness. And from all your idols will I cleanse you. Now often when it's talking about water in prophetic and we'll see it in a moment now as well there's often a picture of the Holy Spirit it's often a picture of the Holy Spirit so uh, uh, what's going to cleanse us here some special water we're selling it after the service by the bucket 
you know, you, you don't want to leave without it because it's going to give you a blessed week. Amen? It's only 500 rand a bucket. It's a little bucket. <laughs> but you only need to use it. That's rubbish. Okay? It's a load of rubbish. Like, like, this is talking about how the Holy Spirit cleanses us. And we'll look at another verse. Verse 26. We'll look at another verse in a moment. But a new heart will I also give you. This is a prophecy of salvation. And a new spirit will I put within you. Not a renewed spirit, but a new spirit. So this is salvation. Okay? This is talking about salvation. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit. So this is the new spirit that God puts in us through salvation. I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. This last part is so, so, so anti-religion. This last part is so, so key for us. Because what does religion say? It says you have to follow God and you have to do all of these things and now you have these regulations and you have these rules. But what did this verse say? You're going to receive the Spirit of God to dwell in you and it's going to cause you to walk in His statutes. It's going to cause you to keep His judgments. So now all of a sudden there's a driving force inside of you causing you to live for God. And yes, you still have to make the decision. But it's not such an effort. Okay? So this is a prophecy of salvation. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, that's ironic. <laughs> if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's not speaking of literal water. Amen? Because it says there in the next verse. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay? So... This, this verse is showing us the Ezekiel prophecy kind of like starting to be fulfilled. And Jesus is standing at the, the Feast of Tabernacles here. And he's saying, uh, uh, if any man thirsts, we're going to look at the significance of that in a moment. Uh, uh, come and let him drink from me. Now he's not talking about literal water. He's talking about the spirit. So that is, and it's, it's not talking about a physical thirst. Because how many of you have been thirsty this week, I've just been thirsty in the last 30 seconds, 60 seconds. So, you know, the point is, it's like it's, we, we thirst again physically. But spiritually, the Christian is never thirsty again. Because we've got that new spirit in us, which satisfies us. This is talking about a satisfaction that we get because of salvation. Okay? So listen to this. Each day during the Feast of Tabernacles, water in a gold vessel was ceremonially, ceremonially <laughs> carried in procession from the pool of Siloam to the temple. This water was then poured out in front of the altar of burnt offerings. And in Isaiah 13 verse 3, then, then Isaiah 13 verse 3 was recited and, it was, and they said, With joy you draw from the wells, water from the wells of salvation. So this was part of the Feast of Tabernacles ceremony. And then trumpets would be sounded, special psalms would be sung, and the people would give thanks for the rain that had come. And it reminded people of the rain 
that God had sent during the time of Moses, but it was also looking forward then to the day where there would be an abundant of, abundance of rain, living water flowing from the temple. Now they were thinking from a literal temple, what temples are talking about? You, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so on the last day of the feast, there was a special ceremony closing the, 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 the festivities where more water was poured out in the temple. And many, many scholars believe that Jesus made his proclamation about living water as, as being poured out in front of the altar. As it was being poured out, they believe that this was when he said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Then the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, he will have streams of living water flowing deep with, uh, from deep within him. So this life-giving, free-flowing water is symbolic of the, the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of what we have in salvation. Okay? That, that, that we, we would receive uh, 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 for a purpose. And so if we look further ahead, even in Zechariah, uh, uh, he indicates that the, the Feast of Tabernacles would be an important festival for the whole earth in terms of Jesus' return. And that's another story. But this is the point. That spirit, that, that water that we get that satisfies us forever is um, what, what the thing that we lacked. And now we've got it. It's the thing that we lacked, that we fell short of. But now, look at what, what's after the fulfillment of this Holy Spirit coming. After salvation comes, what do we have? Colossians 2 verse 10. Our own completeness is now found in Him, and we are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. So what we, what, we, what we see here is that because we're believers, we're now complete. We don't fall short. We don't lack. Okay? And this receiving that we've had should lead to something. What is that? An overflow. And that's talking about a life of being a blessing to other people, a life of the gifts or abilities of the Spirit. Okay, that's talking about being a blessing and, and, and living a life of love uh, with those around us. <coughs> but let me ask you this. this. This verse says, Our own completeness is now found in Him. So how do you see yourself? Is a good question. Do you see yourself uh, as having a surplus, as having an abundance, in a place of abundance with regard to spirituality? Or do you see yourself at a deficit and you're trying to get more? Because that reveals why your life is probably going the way that it is. And it reveals why even, you know, uh, uh, things maybe aren't as exciting as they should be. It can be exciting to, 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 to be like, I'm hungry for God, I'm thirsty for God, and being pursue, pursue God, because it's a hyped-up emotional experience and all of that. But here's the thing, we should be living in a place of satisfaction, of, yes, I want to get, uh, uh, get more intimate with God, I want to know Him more, yes, I want to experience more, but thank you, Father, that I've got the fullness, thank you, Father, that I'm at a surplus, that this is overflowing, all I need to do is turn the tap on, and it flows. I'm not trying to convince him to come. I'm convincing myself that he's come and that I'm full of him and that I can overflow with him. Okay? Look at John chapter 10 verse 10 from the Amplified Classic. It says, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. 
I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So Jesus came so that we would have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Doesn't that sound like something else we read in John chapter 7? Water overflowing. It, 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 can you see the picture, the, 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 the connection there? Water overflows. Life overflows. Holy Spirit overflows. There shouldn't be a believer which isn't overflowing. We're all called to overflow. I like how the Passion puts this verse. It says, But I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Until you overflow. So the Spirit within is to overflow. The Spirit within is to overflow you. Now think about it. What area of your life right now needs life? <coughs> what area of your life is kind of dry, is maybe broken, is maybe lacking life or dead even or struggling or you know, it could be health, it could be a relationship, it could be um, emotions, it could be anything. I don't know everything that's going on in your life right now. But if you think about that area, maybe it's work, maybe it's a, I don't know what. Just imagine now what would happen if living water, the life of God, was to flood that area. What would happen? What should happen is transformation. So the answer for the, the, the areas in our life which are cracked and dry and, and whatever is really just to release what we've got. It's not to try and get something from somewhere up there to come down on us, but it's to release what we've got. Okay, now that's the, the, the we've all got maybe some needs and some areas where, which could do a bit, have a bit more uh, flourishing. Amen? But now imagine if you've got a cup and it's overflowing, the cup isn't just the one enjoying the overflow. Anybody around it can experience an overflow of whatever container there is. So the people in your life with their cracked, dry, weary areas in their life should be able to experience the life of God coming out of you. Not because you're talking the talk, but because you're just living it. You're experiencing it. You're, you're, you're enjoying it. Because think about it. Whatever God does on the earth, He does through His Spirit. Okay? The Spirit works through believers. And so a move of the Spirit in the world is what we need, which means we need a move of believers. There's many people that we come into contact with in the week that need a move, a touch from God. The touch from God doesn't happen independent of His body. God wants to use us to touch other people and to bless them. Amen? Okay. Titus chapter 3 Verse 5 to 7, firstly from the New Living. It says, He saved, uh, uh, saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. So look carefully there. And let me ask you this question. What uh, 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 caused us to have our, our sins washed away and have new birth? It's not a trick question. 
Because? Because He loved us. That's the that's, that's foundation of that. And then, through the... That says Holy Spirit. Read it. It says, He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Now, redemption is death, burial, resurrection. But that's not the fullness of redemption. Redemption was also the Spirit coming. Pentecost. And there, you've got a package deal of this is redemption, which brings salvation. And so, you know, the, the, the purpose of the cross wasn't just to forgive us of our sins. The purpose of, of, of the resurrection, uh, it was to forgive us of our sins. And the purpose of the resurrection was to, to give us this, this new life, this resurrection. But it was all waiting for the next thing. It was like dominoes. <laughs> you know, the death had to happen so the resurrection could happen. The resurrection had to happen so that the ascension could happen. The ascension had to happen so that Pentecost could happen. So that we could have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, empowering us for a life. A supernatural life, a life of, of, of victory, a life of uh, 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 impact, a mission. Look at the Passion Translation. He came to save us, not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of His extravagant mercy. So it's not about your effort, salvation, it's about what He's done. It's about His love, it's about His mercy. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. Not the washing of water. The washing of rebirth. What does washing refer to? Holy Spirit. Because throughout the New Testament, and even in, uh, you see it in, in the Old Testament, when it's talking about water, it's talking about Holy Spirit. So what has uh, 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 given us the rebirth? The washing of the Spirit. It's not about a physical water. Drink it. Enjoy it. Swim in it. Whatever. But it's got nothing to do with your salvation. Salvation is the Spirit of God coming to dwell in you and empower you to live a life of overflow. Okay, we are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom He splashed over us richly by Jesus, <coughs> the Messiah, our life giver. So as a, a gift of His love and, sincere, uh, and, and since we are faultless, Innocent before His face, we can, we can now become heirs of all things, all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. So He washed away our sins, giving us a, a, a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. And now we are completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom He splashed over us richly by Jesus. Christianity is the life you never had before. That's what I'm trying to show you. We often think of it's just a, a mental decision that someone's got to make and then they have a new direction that they have to walk in. That's not Christianity at all. That's religion. Christianity is somebody hears the message and now they receive the message and they receive the Spirit of God to come and dwell in them. And it's as simple as pr a prayer, believing in your heart and confessing in your mouth. But in that moment, something significant happened to us where Jesus came to dwell in us for eternity. You can't get closer to God than you are right now. That's the reality of salvation. We're completely new creations. The Holy Spirit splashed over us, was generously poured upon us to make us faultless, innocent, in his eyes 
Isn't that good? And because of this now, because we're in this position of uh, 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 being forgiven, because we're in this position of being um, uh, innocent, because we're in this position of being faultless, of having this union, this oneness, this closeness with Him, you can hear His voice. I mean, how awesome is that? You don't have to come to church to hear His voice. <laughs> you don't have to, to, to come and ask me to hear His voice. But because you've got Him in you, you can hear His voice. You might not realize that, but, but I mean, you, you, you can that's one of the greatest benefits of salvation, that intimacy, that relationship with God that you can enjoy. Every single one of us can hear His voice because we're one with Him. That's salvation. You know, in reality, there cannot be an intimate relationship without having God speak to you, without knowing what His heart is for you. Yes, He speaks to us through the Word, but as we're reading the Word, He can speak to you and go like, tell you something about the Word that you're reading. And it'll never contradict the word, but he wants to fellowship with us like that. Okay? It's, it's really a journey of learning to distinguish his voice. Identify his voice. Know what he's saying to us. Because we can go through life blindly, relying on natural wisdom. We can go through life blindly, try, trying to figure out what's the best option. And, uh, but every single one of us, can benefit from just being able to go, hey God, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, that, making decisions is as easy as that. Father, what do you, what do you want me to do? Oh, okay, let me do that. And I, I understand, because I've been in many situations like that, where it's not always that easy and that you can't really hear sometimes, and you're struggling to discern, what is God saying to me? But God wants you to know His voice. He wants you to be able to ask a question and know the answer because you asked. And I'm not talking about asking for the lotto numbers. Okay? Because someone will bring that up usually. <laughs> you know, it, there's the, 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 those dry areas of our lives, those, those areas which need a touch from the Lord. It's not just about, you know, Holy Spirit, flow. It's not, not like that. It's not what we're talking about, okay? We're talking about maybe the Spirit of God impressing a word on your heart for that situation which changes that situation. We're talking about maybe you, you, this, you, you, you're doing something wrong and you don't realize it, and so he's like, you know, if you changed it and you do it like this, then it'll change things, and you do that, and wow. I heard a, a story of, and I'm going to botch up the whole story, but I'll say it as best as I can. This father and son loved uh, archery, and they were, um, uh, 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 I heard this when I was at Bible college, and they, they were, um, uh, you know, loved archery. <laughs> and there was one problem with the bow, and they, they, they were praying about what, how can we change this so that it can work better. And they were figuring it out and praying, and then they got an idea, which was inspired, I believe, by the Holy Spirit, because they were asking God for an idea, and they changed the bow, and it, it really revolutionized how they used their bow and arrow. Not only did it do that, but they got millions from it. Because it was an idea which could be monetized because many people had the problem. So, I mean, I'm not saying we use the Holy Spirit to make money, but the Holy Spirit can help you in your business. The Holy Spirit wants to help in, 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 in marriage issues. 
The, the Holy Spirit wants to give us a word of what we can do in, in health situations, financial situations, whatever. Hearing God's voice is foundational in the Christian life. And you might be going, well, I just don't hear God's voice. I'm struggling. The, the point is God's not hiding from you. He's not playing hide and seek. He's not, he's not trying, you know, some people will say, he's not hiding from you, he's hiding for you. God's not hiding. <laughs> Period. Okay? He, he, he's revealed himself through Jesus. He's revealed himself through the word. And now we often feel like he's hiding because we, we don't take the effort to get into the word. We don't take the effort to pray and to seek Him. Yeah, you know, Jesus made very radical statements concerning hearing His voice. Look at John chapter 10, from verse 3 to 5. He was speaking about Himself as, uh, 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 as the, the shepherd of the sheep and the only way to enter the sheepfold. He says, To Him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear His voice, and He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. So if you're His sheep, He calls you by name. He's not like, what's your name again? Or like I do, calling William Elliot and Elliot William and sometimes Champ. <laughs> you know, because, you know, whatever. And, and when he puts his foot his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. So what does that say? It says the sheep know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers doesn't say you can hear God's voice. doesn't say that you should hear God's voice. It says that you, you know His voice. You hear His voice. So, you know, that might not be your experience. But now bring your experience in line with the Word. Okay? Rather than trying to understand the Word from your experience. That's foolish. We need to look at the Word and, and our experiences need to come in, in subject to the Word. And what that means is, is that even if you've sought God and you don't know what He's saying, you need to be able to say, I do hear His voice. I know His voice. And now I just need to learn to discern His voice. It's not like, God, please speak to me. That's a, a prayer that, 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 that God can't answer. Because He's speaking to you. Okay, God's not angry with you and stopping to listen or talk to you. He, 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 he's, he's for you. He's not against you. So in your life, all you need to do is make time to listen. Think about it. Like intimacy brings fruitfulness. Intimacy brings fruitfulness. So you can have a husband and a wife, and if there's nothing mechanically wrong, the fruitfulness would be children. Okay? In our relationship with, but, but you can also have a relationship where there's no fruitfulness. The same thing then with, with, with our Christianity. You can have someone who's got their marriage with Jesus. That's what the Bible calls it. You got your marriage with Jesus. And because you're not intimate with Him, because you're not connecting to Him, you're not John chapter 15, allowing the life of Jesus to flow into you, because you're not allowing that life flow and allowing it to impact your heart, it's just religion. It's just a, yeah, Jesus is my friend, and listen, what is, what is God saying to you at the moment? I don't know. You know, he, he should be saying stuff, more stuff to you than what I'm saying to you right now. <laughs> Meaning, like a, 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 an hour on a Sunday is not enough. Yeah, he wants to speak to you tomorrow morning, especially, being Monday. Yeah, he, he wants to speak to you through the week. He wants to speak to you on the weekend. You know, uh, uh, one of the things years back, 2000, 
probably 2000, 2001. I remember uh, being at this um, meeting at our church in Durban and this lady was speaking about a conversation she had with the Holy Spirit. And it was about fireworks. She was like just at New Year's talking about fireworks. And I was like impacted by that because I was like, it's not religious. That's awesome. You know, and, and, I, and I think like so often we have these protocols, maybe because you may, if you come from, from a, a, like a Catholic background or, or backgrounds like that, then I would understand you find it difficult to relate to God as a normal being. Not human, but normal being. You know, normal kind of in a sense of he, he, he doesn't expect you to jump through hoops and, and whatever to try and commune with him. You know, it, it's kind of like he wants you to just relax and talk to him. Like a good father and, and a relationship with a child. So, you, many of you have heard the, the analogy, but it's like, even with this microphone, there's no cord, believe it or not. Okay? It's working on uh, radio waves. And, you know, there, there is a frequency that it's tuned into to receive this at the back so that it goes into the system and then the cord is linked to the, the, the speaker, in case you didn't know. And then it comes out of there and you hear my voice. So my voice is going from here to there and then it's going there. And if we were to have a radio and turn it on or a TV and turn it on, we could tune in and we could probably pick up many different signals or many different TV stations in this room or radio stations. It's the same thing with God. He's speaking. We need to tune in. We need to discern. We need to get our hearts, our, our spiritual ears tuned into what is He saying to us. Okay, it starts with salvation. You can seek God all you want and He'll be, I believe, for an unbeliever, really just wanting to speak through the Word. To show them the Gospel. To bring them to salvation. So that He can have their, His residence inside of them. Then after that, now you need to seek Him. You need to, 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 to I'm jumping ahead here, but be still. And know that He is God. Who said it? Someone said it earlier. You know, we're so busy. You said it, Ben. You know, and uh, most people, their, their, their lifestyle is too busy to just be still. Their lifestyle is too busy to be still. You know what I really love on the airplane? No one was sitting next to me. And I was like, now I don't feel bad for wanting to put my headphones on, not play something, but just be still <laughs> and just enjoy Jesus. You know, and, and that's what I did. It's more difficult to talk on the planes as well because it's noisy and then you've got your masks on on top of that. But, but the point is, is like it, we don't often have an hour like that, never, never mind 15 minutes, in our lives where we can just be still. Just be still. You know, because hearing His voice takes, I believe, time and effort and focus. You want a word from God, and it's like a, um, you're watching this series, I watch series, but you're watching this series, and we're watching that movie, and we're busy with this, and we're busy with that, and whatever, and it's like, okay, I'm going to the restroom. Yeah, Jesus, speak to me. Jesus, like, speak to me. I'm in the shower. Jesus, speak to me. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great testimony that the, the shower is the place where the Lord speaks to you. Someone said it this morning at, 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 in Gauteng. And I was like, that's an awesome testimony. But I hope that's not the only place He speaks to you. <laughs> you know, because there should be, it should be more than just the, 
hopefully 15 minutes shower that you're taking like not too much longer because of water <laughs> but the point is it's like you know god we can hear his voice when we want to you can hear god's voice when you want to okay it, it, it it's not up to god it's it's up to us to to tune in so for, psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that I'm God. It's in the stillness that our spiritual ears know that He is God. That our hearts are, 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 are um, receptive to Him. I mean, when, when I go on usually like a ministry trip, especially to Zim, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of stillness. And usually only in the house where I stay, I've got reception because of Wi-Fi. But everywhere else I don't. And it's wonderful because I have space in my head to not be bothered by stuff and to just focus on the Lord more than I usually do. I think every single one of us would, would probably have some kind of understanding of this where you go to the beach or you go to the mountains or you go to a forest or something and it's like there's nothing else happening and it's like, wow, you know, I can, I, I can breathe <laughs> again. But at the same time, it's like I just felt the Lord speak to me through whatever because we, we've made space for him I don't know if you've been in um, any of you've been in Times Square if you haven't and you you don't know much about it go look for a video on YouTube about Times Square I should have thought of putting one on I like it but uh, like Martin hates it because it's, it, and, and I can understand why I can't handle too much of it because it is extremely draining it's intense. You've got all these flashing billboards everywhere and it's just people and it's noisy and it's just amazing. You know, but like it, you can hear God's voice in the middle of that if you silence your heart. But most people aren't silencing their heart because they're busy with what's going on around them. They're focused on everything else. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 11 to 12. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent or tore the mountains and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. And the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. And the, the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. The Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. Yet God always actually speaks to us in a still small voice, not in a huge fire. Not in a, a, a huge, um, uh, uh, you've got the wrong slides up there, but not in, in a, a whole bunch of uh, 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 like billboards and flashing lights and all sorts of things like that. He speaks to us in a still small voice. Next, uh, next thing, which is also very important, is to realize how God speaks to us. John 20, uh, 4 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So it's not brain to brain. It's not mouth to head. It's spirit to spirit. So you, you could have an audible voice, but don't expect an audible voice. Realize that He's going to speak to you in your heart. He's going to speak to you in your thoughts. What I find is I'll be praying in the spirit, and while I'm praying in the spirit, I will have a thought that I didn't have beforehand. And then that thought is often God speaking to me or for, for me or for somebody else. You know, like contact so-and-so or pray for them. I mean, I, I, I was waiting to board in Johannesburg and, and uh, it was funny. I was walking in the line and suddenly just 
someone that I last saw and probably thought of uh, popped into my head from 2002 and I did a, 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 a Bible school with him. And I was like, ah, that's interesting. And I was like, you know, I should probably do something about that because I'm teaching this and I'm focused on this at the moment. So let me actually pay attention to this still small voice, which is highlighted to me uh, uh, that, that there's somebody that I haven't thought of for how many years, you know. And, and so, you know what I did? I prayed in the spirit for them. And I, I found them on Facebook. I couldn't remember their name, to be honest. So I had to go look through someone else's uh, 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 profile. And then I saw them, I saw the name, and I contacted them. And I, and, and I just sent them a message. And I was just like, hey, just wanted to encourage you, and this and that, the next thing. And, you know, hope you're doing well. And I, I haven't seen anything pop up yet, because I haven't looked since then. But the point is, is that God wants to use us in moments like that. And I believe the only reason why he put her on my heart in that moment was because of the amount of stillness I was enjoying at that time. Because I was uh, uh, focused in on him and sensitive to him. And hopefully there's a testimony in there. But he spoke to my heart. He didn't speak to my ears. He doesn't typically speak like that. So we need to learn to discern that still, small voice. Okay, there's no uh, uh, substitute for it in our lives, really, the voice of God, isn't it? God can speak to us through other people, and it's always good, it's always encouraging, but He wants to speak to us because we have the relationship with Him. So just um, uh, in closing here, I want to say that just like a word of, of safety or wisdom in this, because I've seen some people just go completely wrong uh, in this area, like completely wrong. Um, and I'll, I'll save the stories for another time. But, you know, it's, it's not about doing whatever you feel on your heart. Because sometimes what you feel on your heart is wrong. <laughs> you know, um, God will never contradict His word. That's the best way to just say it. So often it's like, you know, I just feel, I, I had this. I had this, this, this exact situation. Um, someone came up to me at, at one of the campuses and was like, you know, I'm in my second marriage, and uh, my, my new wife isn't really interested in ministry, and I'm passionate about ministry, and, you know, I just, just feel like the Lord's telling me that I must divorce and, and go for ministry. And I was like, that's not God. I said to him straight, I was like, that's not God. He said, but one of my old pastors even phoned me and said, I have a prophetic word for you, and said, thus saith the Lord. How long are you going to use your wife as an excuse not to do what I've called you to do? And I said to him, that's still not the Lord. Why? Because Galatians 1.8, we told you the true gospel, the true, the true good news message. So anyone who tells you a different message should be condemned, even if it's one of us or even an angel from heaven. So I was like, the message you could be hearing from an angel could be wrong if it contradicts the, the word of God. So don't listen to angels. Joseph Smith did that and he started uh, uh, Mormonism, I think it was. Yeah, so, so we don't want to do that. We don't follow uh, spirits and we don't follow uh, uh, angels. We, we follow the Word of God. Okay? And, and if it contradicts the Word, then it's wrong. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, and then he eventually, after a few weeks, stopped coming to Grace Life, got divorced, and the rest is history. <laughs> eventually, like, he went there. And it's sad. But, I mean, because people do what they want to do. I know of another guy who also really just um, 
felt like because of the foundation of not having grace and understanding God's love for him and that God's not forcing him into anything. He, he, he was, and some of you know him and know the situation, and it's sad for me, but he um, went into ministry. He left his family and went into ministry on the opposite side of the, the, the country um, because God told him that um, if you're not fruitful after two years, I'm going to cut you out. And when I was sitting and he said that, when we were on a mission trip and he was there, and I was looking at everybody in the room, and I was like, now I'm going to have to do some damage control. So afterwards, I went up to, to people and I was like, glad. It was only one person who had affected negatively and we dealt with that. But I even said to him, I was like, in, in private, like, that wasn't God. I'm sorry, I know that you're convinced it was God, but I can guarantee you it's not God if you look at John chapter 15. God won't cut you out. Anyway, but that's another story. So if you feel something or hear something and it contradicts the word, go, I don't hear God perfectly. It's okay. I can make mistakes. It's okay. Let me try again. So if God says jump off the building, you're like, wow, that's not wisdom. That, that's, not, that's not clever. I'm not going to do that. And then it's a case of, okay, I made a mistake. I didn't hear right. Let me know. Because the more you know the word, the easier it is to hear God. So the more you get yourself in truth and you, 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 you wash yourself with the truth of the word, the easier it is to hear God's voice. I think I said last week, we were, I needed to make a very difficult decision about a situation in the ministry years back. And I was just so busy and people were telling me, you should do this and you should do that and whatever. So I switched my phone off and I went into uh, the, the foot of the Kutzenberg mountain. And uh, I sat there and I opened up my Bible and I just read through Ephesians because I didn't know what else to do. And when I got to Ephesians chapter 4, verse something or the other, it was a very long time ago, I remember God saying to me, this is what you need to do. Do it quickly. And I was like, he spoke to my heart and I did it and it sorted out the problem. Why? Because I, I, I became still, but I, he also spoke to me in the word. And it didn't contradict the word. But then another point, which I think is really good, is check it out. What you're feeling, if it's something big especially, check it out against the word, but then also with godly friends. Check it out with, with, with good leadership, because that's a safety net for us. Okay? You know, when we have opportunities for, hey, what do you feel the Lord's saying to you? Come forward and share it in this setting of, of a gathering. We, we, we encourage you to step out, and if you make a mistake, it's okay. We'll lovingly correct you. And it'll only be a problem if you're arrogant. <laughs> It'll only be a problem then. So, but we, we really are, are happy to have you come and just share what's on your heart. And if you're feeling like something strongly for someone, uh, uh, then go for it. But be pre prepared to be wrong. Because we'll test it against the Word. And if, it's, if the Word contradicts it, then just go, okay, well, I was wrong. Let me go with the Word. You know, I, I, I heard God a couple, many times. I remember uh, he would say to me this, and, and I, I misunderstood it and, uh, and interpreted it my own way. And it would, you know, it, it, it's happened to me. I, I don't hear him perfectly all the time. Why? Because I'm sometimes busy and I'm not still and I'm not seeking like I should. But 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2 to 4 from the Passion says, To be compassionate shepherds who tenderly care for God's flock and who feed them well. For you have the responsibility to guide, protect, and oversee. So this is encouragement to elders in the church. And what I love about this is it's showing you what the job of shepherds, of, of, of pastors, of elders is. 
to feed the flock. To, we, we have a responsibility to guide, to protect, and to oversee. So use us for that. You feel something, you're like, hey Shane, uh, I feel like I should study this. I'm praying about it. Would you pray with me? You know what I would do? I'll never tell you what I think. I'll never tell you what I think. You feel like you should move somewhere and do this and do that. I'll never tell you really what I think. Why? Because you need to hear from God. So I'll coach you in hearing from God. Any good pastor will do that. A bad pastor will say, I think you should do this. <laughs> I think you have to do this. This is from God. I was in a, in a, in a meeting once and I was cringing. Like because a friend of mine was prophesying over someone. And they prophesied over this other a person that I know, so it was a pastor and, and just a member, and they were saying, uh, you need to do this and that, the next thing, or else you're going to miss God completely. And as I was watching, I was like, <laughs> okay. And you know what happened? That guy lived under condemnation for so long because he really just didn't feel like doing that. And I had to go to him like a, a year or so later and say, I really don't believe that that was the Lord. If you felt it was, then awesome. But sometimes you just dismiss words. I have had words from people, world-renowned prophets, and they're like, uh, this is what you should do with your life, and I'm really not doing that, what they said, thank God, you know, yeah, otherwise I would be in politics right now, and he saved me from that, amen, <laughs> the point is, is that like, like leadership shouldn't be manipulating us, they should be guiding us, protecting us, overseeing us, so sometimes it's a case of, you know what, that's a bad idea. But most times it's a case of pray about this or let me pray with you and then asking questions to help you discover what is the right thing for you. Consider it a joyous pleasure and not merely a religious duty. Now this is speaking to me. Lead from the heart under God's leadership, not as a way to gain finances dishonestly, but as a way to eagerly and cheerfully serve. Don't be controlling tyrants, but lead others by your, own, by your beautiful examples to the flock. So that shows us it's not about controlling. If you ask a leader for, 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 inf, uh, for uh, advice or something, it should be the case of they're not trying to manipulate you and get you to do what they think is right or what they want you to do. It's what's best for you. And when the, sh the, the shepherd king, the chief shepherd, some translations say, appears, you'll win the victor's crown of glory that never fades away. So that's talking about how Jesus is the chief shepherd and he's the one who um, leaders in the church are, are accountable to. So the point being, we can hear God's voice because we've got the Spirit of God in us. And so he amplifies that and he helps us with that. And you probably have a number of situations in your life where you could do with God speaking to you. And He doesn't want to speak to you through me or someone else primarily. He wants to speak to you directly. So we're going to give some time for that now. So close your eyes. And Father, we just thank you for the, the supernatural ability that we have to know your voice, to know your heart, and for you just to speak to us, Father. Thank you, Father, right now that you speak to each and every single person in this room. And whilst you're, you're listening, while you're just waiting on Him, being still, you know, don't talk too much in your head, just wait. <laughs> Allow Him to speak to you. But if you're here and you're saying, you know, this sounds awesome, but I've never received Christ, I've never made a decision to become a Christian, then that's the first step and I don't want to kind of go on unless you've made that decision. So if you, have, if you want to make that decision because you haven't, then just raise your hand so I know if there's someone that we need to pray for. 
And then we'll pray with you. We'll move on with the rest of the service. But is there anybody you're saying, I have not made that decision to receive Christ. And I would like to so that I can hear his voice. So that I can be friends with him. So that I can know what his heart is for me. Great. And Father, I thank you right now that you speak to each one here. Thank you that we can be still and know that you are God. Now remember, God is now, I believe, just wanting to speak to you for you. Be expectant right now. As that still small voice speaks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your Spirit just giving words of wisdom right now concerning situations and work and relationships. Words of wisdom for the next season in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now just to invite the Holy Spirit even just to give you a word for, for somebody else and after the service you can either give it to them or if you have a word for all of us then I'm going to invite you up in a moment. But just see if, the, if God wants to put something on your heart for, for all of us or for somebody specific. And Holy Spirit I thank you that you just, that overflow that's in us would, would well up into ministering to each other. Thank you Father. You pray in the Spirit, I encourage you just to pray gently and, and just allow the Spirit to be stirred up within you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Liam, I just feel like the Lord's just saying to you, you're not to be scared to, to dream bigger. You know, God doesn't have an ordinary life for you, so don't settle for ordinary. You know, you can be extraordinary. I just feel Him inviting you just to not be limited by the natural limitations of life and studies and family or whatever, but to dream big, dream bigger than you are. And I also just feel like the Lord's just putting on my heart that there's, um, I actually felt this specifically on the, on the plane even, that there's somebody here or maybe more than one who's, you, you've really just been struggling with um, negative uh, feelings and thoughts to the point of, of um, even thinking suicidal to a degree. And you know, God just wanting you to know that that's all just a lie and that He wants you to be free from that because there's a purpose on your life and He wants you to experience joy. Things aren't as bad as you think they are. There is always hope. And I just feel like the Lord's just saying, I want to break that off of you so that you can be free 
to enjoy the abundant life that I've got for you. That's you. I don't, I'm not going to ask you to say, uh, put up your hand or anything. You can come to me afterwards and I'll pray for you. But I just want to pray for you now even. And Father, I thank you that anybody who's struggling with negative thoughts and feelings and suicide uh, 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 thoughts, I just right now just command that, that, that spirit attacking them just to cease now. Stop in the name of Jesus. And I just speak life over you. I speak protection over you. And I just declare you have hope and a future. In the name of Jesus. Darkness, go in the name of Jesus. There's nothing can hold on to you. I speak freedom. I command that heaviness just to lift off of you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, I believe God is still wanting to do something in your life. So please don't leave without asking someone. It doesn't have to be me, but someone for prayer. Someone else have a, a word on their heart. And once. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this amazing life that we can live with you. Thank you that, that we're not doing this life alone, but we're living with you. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch by email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.